BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. So most CBD oil found in tinctures, gummies, capsules, whatever, achieve between 2 and 10% absorption, which means that more than 90% of what you think you're getting is wasted. Well, next, Evo Naturals are scientifically formulated to deliver more CBD in a way your body can actually use it. So stop wondering if CBD is right for you. You just got to try next Evo Naturals, capsules, gummies, mints, and topical creams clinically proven to be better absorbed by your body. Get 25 percent off your first order of $40 or more at nextevo.com with promo code Taylor. Again, 25% off at nextevo.com. Welcome back to my weekly podcast, Taste of Taylor. This podcast is all about the tomato and the tomato patch. Um, But it's not just about, you know, all the marinara in the world. It's also about, like, this shit I've been doing within the last month to kind of get over my acid reflux, if you will. So (laughs) joining me today is my beloved Dr. Jenna Wider. Hey, Dr. Wider, hey. Hey, girl. Hey, so happy to be here, Taylor. Okay, so here's the deal. So I just started, or actually I started and then completed this therapeutic process called EMDR. And it is wild. It is amazing. And I feel like I have to share it with the world. Talked about it with Dr. Wire on the Taylor Strecker Show. And I had so many people reach out who have either done it or are curious about doing it. And I figured we got to take this conversation to the bigger platform because I feel like a lot of people could really benefit from this. I can't believe it took me this long to yep. do this procedure. So anyway, I was, of course, my, so my therapist and I did it together. My wife, Tay, she was there with me the whole time. But um, I, I thought of having Cheryl's Barrels. That's my therapist. We call her Cheryl's yes. Barrels on. <laughs> but she does not like... <laughs> My job. She tries to get me to quit podcasting. She definitely tries me to quit Instagram like every day of her life. So funny, Taylor. I figured she would say no. Right, right. (laughs) And even if she said yes, I think she would be like, I don't know, very shy. You, Dr. Wider on the other hand. So Dr. Wider, just for a point of reference, Dr. Wider and I have known each other. How long, Dr. Wider? More than 15 15 years, Taylor. 15 years? Yeah. Wider is, she is a doctor, okay? A bitch went to medical school, <laughs> but she now like practices for the greater good of all of us. Like we are all her patients. You know what I'm saying? That's right. That's right. Universal patients. So I figured who better to come on and talk about this than you, Dr. Wider, because you're hilarious. You're also smart as anything. And you know me so fucking well. That's so right. I, I do, like Taylor. We, inside and out. We can really break this down together. And Tay, so. I'm wearing my Princeton shirt today just to show everyone how smart I am. 
<laughs> Not that you can see me, but I'm wearing my Princeton shirt. Just to give like the Princeton vibes. That's right. Just to give those tiger vibes. So I want to talk all about EMDR and what it is because it's literally like changed my life. First things first though, the tomato of it all. If you follow me on Instagram, you probably saw me posting a lot about a tomato patch. I did get a lot of people that were like, do I have to subscribe to the Taylor Trekker show now just to know what the fuck a tomato is? So let me just explain to everybody what a tomato is. My tomato, your tomato. Everyone has a tomato. A tomato yes. patch. Marinara. I mean, think. What else? Uh, V8 juice. I don't fucking know. Any <laughs> variation of a tomato yes. can be for you. A tomato is persons, or usually a person. Um, that like you just can't fucking stand like the idea of being like running into them in like a room that you kind of like couldn't just avoid them um like literally can just like panic attack make you melt into the ground yeah exactly i believe that everybody has a tomato it's like that person you just can't get the fuck over and like you're like what is my issue like i think for a long time in the process you're like, it's all the tomato's fault. I hate the tomato. The tomato didn't exist. If the t- tomato didn't do me dirty, we'd have no problems right. in the world. Tomato is the worst. <laughs> but then what happens is you start to hold on to it for a decade, like I did. And then you're like, wait a second. So I'm never going to get the closure I want from tomato. So how the fuck do I move on how from do you this process without it? that? Exactly. Yes. And so, um, and I believe we can all get rid of our tomatoes, but like in order to get over a problem, you first have to admit you have a yes. problem. Um, so that's an important step to everything. So wider, do you have your own? I do have my own life? tomato. And I, I do want to tell everybody that a tomato doesn't have to be a person either. What, what I think a tomato represents uh-huh. Tay, is uh-huh. something uh-huh. that is like a collection of where all of your anxiety goes for something that's either unresolved. It can be an event. It can be a group of people. It can be one person. I definitely have a tomato in my life. She is, you know, we're not going to share names, but I can share mine, Taylor. Mine is related to my husband. (laughs) My husband came out of her vagina and basically that's my tomato, Taylor. One giant tomato. Okay. So, uh, but I mean, and, and in all Mother seriousness, tend to be very popular tomato category. Correct. Mine is a jar of marinara um, and a bag of granola bars <laughs> for those of us who know each other well. Um, half-eaten granola you know, bars you know, is a birthday yeah. gift. But but truthfully, um, we all have a tomato in our life, you know, and we can call it anything that we want, but it's someone who elicits a response that either triggers anxiety or panic, represents something that's very difficult for us. Um, and and it's, it's an expression how anxiety is very universal, but also that it can be something traumatic that happened to us. And this sort of leads us into EMDR, Tay. A lot of people Mm -hmm. think that post-traumatic stress disorder or trauma um, has to be something like coming back from a war. That you see on SVU. Correct. Or a a sexual assault, um, a motor vehicle accident, something that is universally accepted as a trauma. But for people that know that are in the medical field and for those that specialize in psychiatry, psychology, and all things emotional and psychological, we know that trauma can be representative of anything. It doesn't have to be a grandiose event. It just has to be traumatic to that person. Right. Okay? See, and this is so, I'm so happy we're getting right into this because that's the thing is, I think what took me, I think I held off on doing this treatment or even my therapist held off on even suggesting this treatment for so long because I think I've been very leery yeah, or weary of, of, of saying that I have suffered trauma. I feel like it makes me feel like, 
kind of like weak and losery because I'm like in the grand because I have people in my life who I love that I'm very close to and I know their trauma and their trauma is legit trauma no joke so I kind of feel like I know we shouldn't trauma compare if you will but I can't help myself and being like who am I to sit here and be like I have PTSD when it's like so many other people that I know that I'm really close to actually have so it kind of has made me downgrade it but which uh, in the long run did me no favors because I held on to this shit up for more. way longer and it than built I should it up have. More. And I exactly. Think, you know, I don't know if you ever saw that show. I'm trying to think. The Made? It's called Made, right? M-A-I-D. Yeah. Not the Made on MTV, but Made. And it was Andy McDowell's daughter who was the victim of domestic violence. And she goes in to speak to a social worker to try to get you know, benefits because she's now a single mom because she leaves her abusive husband. And I don't want to ruin it for people that want to see it because it's amazing. But she suffered from imposter syndrome also in a sense that she didn't believe that she was the victim of domestic violence in the way that other people were because hers was more emotional rather than physical. And the problem is that she didn't see herself as deserving of the services that came to her as a single mom. And that's the issue. A lot of us don't see our trauma as real trauma. Even people that suffer from something that we'd universally accept as trauma, like a sexual assault, like being a victim of a crime. A lot of people don't feel like it qualifies as real trauma. And as a result, we don't mm-hmm. get the treatment that we need. And essentially, it doesn't really matter what we label anything, Taylor. It's how our body processes it emotionally and physically. Right. And as a result, we need to get the appropriate treatment to work through our issues and to process what we view as trauma. Right. Okay. Yep. So just to catch everybody up, so my trauma was, it used to be a huge group of people that were all, that are, were and still are all very connected. But over the years, I've been able to shed individual people out of that group. So like, and like, I actually can say that I have completely, like, even people that I felt like wronged me or did me dirty or were like horrible to me, I'm like, I kind of found compassion for them or an understanding or I'm like, literally, like I was able to let like, let's say the tomato patch was 10 people. I let go like eight and a half of them. <laughs> like literally, I did such a dope. And it was so genuine. It was so sincere. Yes. And listen, I can try to move my farm away from their farm, but shit, New York City is a small, it's a big, small yep. city. And it's, I, it's, it's insane how much overlap there is no matter how hard you try to get away sometimes you can't so like I would have like a a cherry tomato thrown at me and I'd be like honestly dip it in ranch pop it in the mouth I'm good to go like I really got to a place where I was okay I didn't need you know what's that um Prilosec for my (laughs) arpon anymore right I was good good. this episode of Taste of Taylor is brought to you by Steve Madden yeah Steve Madden your favorite footwear brand for over what now 30 years well they've launched apparel and it's to die for the full collection is available at stevemadden.com and it retails for like around 140 uh they've got dresses they've got jackets coats tops shirts jeans pants skirts you name it they have it I don't know about you, but every August, I think of like back to school shopping. Like, is there a better season to buy clothing for than fall? Mm, delicious. Yummy. Sink your teeth into it. So I got the Alexander jacket. Think like um, you're in high school. You're dating the captain of the football team. And it's like a letterman jacket, like a varsity jacket. 
it's black, it's white, and they just got in the cutest jacket. It's called the Caroline jacket, and they've got two variations. So they've got like um, a cream and a tan version, and then they also have like a black and a navy version. So like half the jacket is navy and half the jacket is black. What? So I will be getting both of them. And you guys are always like asking me to like link, link, link on social media. So this is a verbal link. I am telling you, go to stevemadden.com and use my code Taylor20 at checkout for, yeah, ready for it? 20% off your first purchase. You're welcome. Visit www.stevemadden.com. Use code T-A-Y-L-O-R-2-0 for 20% off your next purchase. Again, stevemadden.com and use that code TAYLOR20. And FYI, promo code excludes pre-order items. Happy shopping, girlies. Have you ever found weird things in a vagina? Have you found yourself needing multiple partners to fulfill your desires? Hey guys, I'm Dr. Jacqueline Walters, a board-certified OBGYN. It is so important that we know how and when to ask the right questions, whether you're in front of your doctor or just hanging out with your good girlfriends. Now, I wanted to create Dr. Jackie's point of view because sometimes you need to just hear the unfiltered good old Dr. Jackie. I will inspire, uplift, and educate women and men on the who, what, when, and where of things we balance daily. Make sure you subscribe to Dr. Jackie's Point of View and tune in every Thursday. I've done the work, talk therapy, the whole thing to kind of get rid of all of that. And I, so now I recognize yes. how that feels. So and it felt really good to genuinely be like, yes. I'm good, yes. you know? Like one of my tomatoes got remarried and I was yes. happy, yes. thrilled. Like genuinely, like I was like, what is this feeling? <laughs> is it called evolution? Right. It was amazing. But there's one fucking tomato left and I just couldn't get the fuck over it. And when my wife and I just recently were in the Hamptons, I kept having moments where I was thinking I was seeing tomato right. and I haven't seen tomato in like a decade. Yep. And I was, I, I was unnerved, but I kept having false alarms. And then one yep. night when I least expected it, that's a problem. The second you forget yep. about tomato, yep. tomato smashes you in yep. the face. And I was like, you, you conjured this tomato up. Taylor, I manifested you did. You manifested it. it 100%. And I was not dressed appropriately anyway. <laughs> that's besides the point. But um, it was wild how I went immediately back yep. to where I was. It was like no time had passed. It, this is the thing with it too. It's like all the time has passed in the world, but like no time has passed. It's like, let's say your friend, your best friend in middle school really fucks you yes. over. She fucks your boyfriend. Right. And also, don't be fucking in middle school. Yeah, really. School. We'll you make that high school. I'm, I'm sweating now because I have a middle schooler. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's really like um, all this time passes and you run to her at the grocery store. Like, your lives have gone on, but, like, you can go right back. 100%. To that feeling 100%. you felt when you were, like, 17 years old. That's where I went, and it was... I, you know, what was really unnerving was that I'm very, I'm, I'm sassy. I've got chutzpah for days. I've got a, I've got a rude, big mouth. I can have a cutting, sharp tongue. And I went totally catatonic. I went, went in the presence of tomato. Yeah. I had all this stuff in my arsenal of things yeah, I would say. Yeah, you rehearsed and I literally. For 10 years. I froze. Yeah. F- fight or flight. Yes. What about just drop dead right, on the ground? Because right, right. that's what right, I did. Exactly. Like my wife and my sister-in-law were like, are you okay? Are you having a stroke? You're really quiet. You're not really moving. And I was just like, Arrah. 
I was able to get out of it with my held hel- my head held high, but then the next day I spiraled into such a dark depression. Yeah. I also got my period the day after, so that could have been hundred percent. I think your hormones definitely add to it, but it doesn't take away the fact that you had a sense of panic when you saw this person. And so, and wasn't even seeing my back was yeah. to them. I knew that they had, like friends of theirs were theirs, which, and then my wife said, I think tomato has arrived. And I was like, motherfucker. Yep. And I was so yes. nervous. Um, and so then, so when we were in therapy a couple of days later, I said to my therapist, this, I need your help to get over this. And so she had said to me a couple weeks ago when I had it, because we were going out to the Hamptons, I was like, I might see tomato. And like, this is crazy that I think about this person. Like, why am I still thinking yes. about this person? It nerves me so much. And, um, my therapist just said, just flick it, just flick it away. And so I was like, okay, fine, bitch, I'll flick it away. But like having run into the tomato, it was actually a blessing. Cause it was kind of like a like a spotlight shown right directly into my face. My and eyes, it showed you, know? you that you and had it was work like, to do, Taylor, right? And so I said, a bitch cannot flick, okay? I am clearly incapable of flicking. It almost makes me mad at you that that's like, because that's like, it's so like, it's so easy, just flick. And I was like, this is something that I have been struggling with for like almost a decade. It's, I've let go of so much anxiety and anger towards the rest of the tomato patch. Why can't I get over this? I need your fucking help. Please, God. Yes. And she was like, well, I have something I want you to try. Are you open to it? I said, what is it? She said, EMDR. I said, will it fix me? <laughs> she said, absolutely. So I'm going to tell in layman terms what she kind of told me okay. it does. So she said, this remaining tomato, you experienced a lot of trauma with this person, correct? I said, absolutely. And so she said, well, you definitely have PTSD. And which again, made me feel ridiculous. Like war veterans have PTSD. Right. What, this, this heirloom tomato is going to make me feel PTSD. Right. Like how much power is that? And then it makes me mad at yes. myself. You know, it's like, it's, it's a whole sh- shame spiral. Yeah, no, I get it. So, sh- so she said to me, well, what EMDR does is when you have a traumatic experience or you're traumatized by somebody, um, sometimes your brain, she basically said EMDR is like going into the recess of your mind with like, um, what's it called? Like, um, an eraser, a wire cleaner. Yeah. A wire cleaner. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And it kind of like, it just like, it gets in there and it kind of just cleans it all out. So basically it's like a clog, like you're stuck, you're stuck in an emotional place because of a traumatic experience or experiences. So what we're gonna do is we're going to go back there and we're going to clean out that area of your brain. So you'll be able to remember the experiences, but what you won't remember, it'll be like you're numbed or fogged to like the acute emotional um, impact. Yes, it has that's on a you. good explanation. Because right now you're, right now you're like you were just there. You're like in it, like it's just happening, and it's been a decade. So we have to get in there and j- just clean it out. It's, it's just almost like th- you think of a pipe, and it's just like carotid, carotid over yes. the years. You got to get some like Drano. Yep. Pour it down there and like clear out the corrosion kind yes. of thing. Yes. So that's how she explained it, which I love because it kind of made sense to me. But then it's like, well, so how do we get in there and clean? You know, open up my brain piece. Like, what's going right. to happen? Right. So, and she kind of does emotionally. You know, what's very interesting, Tay, about psychology is that when we have thoughts, right, we, we have so many thoughts that come into our brain every single day, okay? So if you look at the average woman, you have about sixty to 70,000 thoughts a day. Okay. What what's what's a man's? Do you know? Less. It's less. It's probably no, no really Why? much less because it just is. Um, an average guy, an average biological male, has probably twenty to thirty thousand thoughts. Maybe my husband maybe has four. Okay. <laughs> Possibly thousand four or just four. <laughs> four Taylor. One two three four. Okay. Eat. Eat. Poop. Shit. Work. Yeah. 
Repeat. Okay? Sushi. <laughs> Repeat. Five. So five would be the five. Okay. But for the most part, we have so many thoughts. And the problem is when some of these thoughts are very uncomfortable for us, we shine a spotlight on them and we blow them up and we ruminate about them and then we catastrophize about them. And we don't really recognize that our brain is an organ just like our heart, right? So our heart's role is to beat that's the role of our heart is to beat. It, it, it beats, it moves blood around the body, it perfuses our organs, and then it repeats. Our brain, part of what it does is it's very complicated organ, but one of the things that it does, one of its roles is to think, to produce thoughts. The problem is that we become so attached to these thoughts that they almost become facts in our mind and then they become our belief system. Okay. And they become oh ingrained. God. And so when our neurons make synapses, which are the communication between your brain cells, they start to become ingrained. So when you have anxiety, for example, because of a thought, it becomes an automatic response. And you think these things over and over again, and it lays the tracks to almost what is like a downward slope into an anxiety response, okay? So when you see tomato, it doesn't matter whether one year transpired, two years, three years, this thought is so uncomfortable for you, you've thought it over and over and over again, it immediately totally. triggers a sense of anxiety or panic for you, okay? Yeah, and well, and what's interesting in EMDR is you use a lot of adjectives to describe that place of trauma, quote unquote. Yes. And it was interesting because as I was using words to explain my trauma or like how I felt, like it was a like shame, um, rejection, yeah. um, like things that are really embarrassing to admit because they again give tomatoes so much power, yes. but like shame, rejection, um, threat. I feel threatened. Yep. Like I feel unsafe. I feel like, um, tomatoes going to take everything that's important. Everybody who I love away from me. Right. And like leave me with absolutely nothing. Right. Which is like talk about catastrophizing. hundred percent crazy but like that is the power I have given tomato for whatever reason correct and it's the manifestation and the culmination of your anxiety it's all of your insecurities placed directly on a person who probably wouldn't do any of those things okay maybe they would if they could but they can't and you've given her so or this person so much power that it becomes something that is much larger than it actually is. You've overestimated the threat and you've underestimated your ability to cope with it, okay? I mean, a million percent. And I'm happy we're explaining this too because like what I've also realized through this journey is that, you know, Tomato and I, I I probably, I I don't think Tomato feels great about me either for being fair, but like I, you create like these monsters in your head and sometimes it's your own brain. 100%. It's always your own brain. Like I'm always trying to cut tomatoes some slack. Correct. Fucking progress. Right. And that that's progress actually. And to give some grace in that and to, to better understand where someone's coming from and not overestimate their ability to destroy you is incredibly important. Now it doesn't have to be a person. As I mentioned it to you for people that know me, I had an emergency landing in, in college, right. On a plane. Mm -hmm. And that became an unbelievably traumatic event for me. Okay. But the the weird thing is, Tay, that on my plane was a girlfriend of mine from high school. She had a sorority sister. I was going to a sorority convention. She had a sorority sister from Cornell on the same flight, emergency landing. Mm -hmm. My emergency landing became a total trauma. It turned into post-traumatic stress disorder. I processed it as a fear and a phobia. The girl, my girlfriend's sorority sister, zero anxiety, Tay. She flew all the time, nothing. So the way we process individual events become our own 
trauma. So it doesn't matter whether it's a war veteran or an emergency landing or a person or somebody that threatens you. It's how you view the threat and the power that you have that instills it. And going back to what I was saying with your neurons is it connects into a place and it immediately takes you to fight and flight. Okay. So you view this person as a threat and you immediately go to a place of fight and flight. So your body physiologically reacts to the anxiety. And then all of the adjectives that you just said, cognitively describe what it is. So your brain becomes attached to the way that you just described it. And what your psychologist is trying to do is unattach, untie the connection between tomato and all of these negative feelings. And when those Mm -hmm. feelings start to quiet down, the physiologic reaction will quiet down as well. And so what you're doing is you are untying this detrimental connection. Okay. So let's break down EMDR a little bit so people have a better sense of what's going on. Okay. Do you want me to like start? So do you want me to like, cause I just went through it. So I think I did about, I did about four to six sessions. I honestly can't even remember how many I did. I'm going to say let's land on five. Okay. Okay. And I've actually talked to other people who said that it took about five sessions for them as well. That's average Taylor. Four to six sessions is average. Yeah. Yes. No way. Yeah, okay, but some people know. require less and some people require more. Well, and the thing too was Tay and I went to go visit. We were staying with Tay's sister, well, our sister and her husband and the kids in the Hamptons. Um, and then we were going to go to my parents for a week and then come back. We ended up yes. with my parents for two weeks because of the EMDR. And my therapist said, you can't leave until I'm done. Like right. it's kind of a thing. But she was like, you guys got to get home. I also have a vacation looming. So like, I'm really, but she was like, you're very motivated. So I think that we can get this done. But that makes me feel so much better to know it's four to six is the average. Because I was wondering, like, there are even moments where I was like, am I fake? it like it's almost like faking an orgasm yeah like right did I have an orgasm right, or did I just right. fake that orgasm I kind of was like faking you know f- faking the EMDR of it all I was worried I was but the way that the way I feel post EMDR I'm like I'm such a believer like yes. I am so here for it so basically you're fr- so once you decide with your therapist you're gonna do this it really does have to be in person because it involves touching by your therapist yeah um and your eyes are closed you like i i really don't see how anybody could do it over zoom people do it over zoom just fyi because this was a modality first of all just to take us back two seconds before you finish explaining to us is that there is a lot of literature and i you know i've done a lot of research on this there's a lot of literature supporting emdr in support major support of this modality but it is controversial but it it is is controversial. controversial It's definitely approved, Tay, for PTSD specifically. Now, because there's been so much success with post-traumatic stress disorder, a lot of therapists have wanted to use it for generalized anxiety, for panic disorder, for depression. And where the controversy the controversy lies is really for that as a treatment modality for other types of other types of diagnoses. However, PTSD there are people that don't believe in this, but if you do a literature search, it's incredible. It has incredible evidence that this is something that's efficacious and works for the vast majority of people that use it. Okay. Okay. So you go in and basically, um, what you do is so she, my wife came with me and she said, if you're like in a partnership, it really helps for the partner to be there. Cause it helps them to just understand you more. Yes. And actually after even our first session, which was like, even before you kind of start to go, it's not hypnosis, but it's not, not, yes. um, but even before Tay looked at me after our first session, she went like this to me, you're so misunderstood. And I was like, oh, thank you. So it really bonded us together to have my partner there. So yeah. if you are in a relationship, I would highly recommend bringing your partner with you just because they are, they're there, they can scribe. And it's also like, it's very, at least it was comforting for me. 100%. So Tay was there. So first you go in and my therapist says, okay, so it's like, it's like the, it's just phase one where you 
this is before we start the EMDR. And basically what ends up happening is she says, tell me the story of the yeah. trauma. For me, it was really difficult because my trauma, and the, as I tried to break it down, I was like, I probably, I, my interaction with this person lasted about eight, eight years. Yes. Um, but um, I will say that... And that was eight years then, plus like the 10 me being kind of out of it. So that's a long ass time. It is. Um, But it was really hard because it wasn't one event. It was a series of different things that were done over and over and over again to me by this person. And um, so I really struggled with like where to start with my story because I wanted to make sure I pick like a story. So I actually started with like the end of our relationship. Yes. And um, or like a pivotal moment at the end. And I went on for so long, me, long-winded, no, that my therapist was like, it's going to be really hard because I have to read the story back to you over and over and over again. That's part of the treatment. And I was like, fuck. So then I was like, let me start all over. And then I was like, let's go way back to the very beginning. And Tay's in there, don't forget, Tay's in there like a stenographer, like a court stenographer, taking every (laughs) word I have down. Good thing she's a good typer because I talk fast and I've got lots of things to say. So I went back to the very first incident with this tomato. Yes. um, When I realized we were going to have a problem. It was like that first, and it involved a really mean email from the tomato. Right. And then it was immediately followed by but, well, the, here's the thing. When you write things in emails, it's very easy for everybody to see what you did. Yes. Right? You can't deny it. Yes. And so when I showed this email to other people, um, it was a um, unanimously citing for me. Yep. Like, it was a unanimous decision that I was wronged and Tomato had wronged me and that Tomato needed to apologize to me. Yes. And so it was the email, how I felt when I got the email, but then it was also after I got the email and Tomato was forced to apologize, didn't want to, but was forced to, because it's the right thing to do, yep. said, and I quote, I'm so sorry you misinterpreted my email. Oh, God. And that's when I knew, fuck, I've dealt with enough mean girls in my life to know that we are going to have a problem. And I remember I said to somebody in the moment, game on, like now she knows, I know I'm onto her and she's just going to start getting real squirrely and really um, subversive. Yep. And the person I said this to was like, no, 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 now it's resolved. And I remember thinking, no. Now it's now just it's, beginning. Now yeah. it's just beginning. And I was validated that that was the case over and over and over again and more people got pulled into it. And so then rather than fighting one person, I was fighting a team of people. And um, that's like just so overwhelming to me and still one of my biggest triggers probably from this incident. Yeah. So we started there and I told my story and then that was the first session. And then when we go back, that's when we start the MDR. So basically what happens is there's a couple things. So after she, she says, whenever you're thinking about this person, the incidents, you have to give me like a suds level one to 10, like on like a 10 is like how you felt when you ran a tomato, like you're having a panic attack. Yes. A zero is like, you're totally over it. So anytime I thought about anything around tomato, I had to like kind of take like an internal measurement of my suds. Yes. And so I'd say like between the first session, and the second session, I was at like a, I don't know, a five, maybe max a seven, not a 10, but you know, but then she also said, my therapist, you have to pay attention to your dreams. So the dreams are very important too, because you process yes. so much yes. at night. So I came into second session with pretty low suds, but a really intense dream that was like a direct threat to my current life and all my most important favorite people. And it was just like, I felt threatened. I felt disappointed. I felt betrayed. I felt like abandoned. I felt alone, like all the most horrible feelings you can feel. And so I went in there pretty raw 
I yeah. would say. Yes. And basically what she does is, you know, after you have like kind of like a little powwow about that or like a, a little get together about that, she then starts tapping on my knees. So she said you could do a number of things. She, she can move a finger back and forth, two fingers, fingers back and forth. But like, if you know me, to know me is to know that I have the blinkies. Yes. Which is... I'm just, I'm a neurotic little puppy. What can I say? No, listen, I'm Taylor, blame, you're just I'm open. Twitchy. You're You're open about how your anxiety manifests. We all have this. It, and, it, and it looks different for everybody. You get the blinkies. Other people get heart palpitations. Other people have shortness of breath. Seriously. I mean, you're normal. Very normal. Okay. So I live in this city. And if you live in the city, you know that there's nothing worse than going grocery shopping. You have to go to like three different places just to get the ingredients for a meal. And if I'm being honest, either it's high quality and crazy expensive or I'm getting like subpar quality and I'm just not happy about that, you know? And right now I'm trying to eat, you know, cleaner. So lots of fruits, lots of veggies and lots of protein. I'm a protein girly. So I'm kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place when it comes to shopping, right? Well, not anymore because I got butcher box. In case you don't know, ButcherBox is a subscription service that delivers high quality meat and seafood right to your doorstep. Listen, I'm from Massachusetts. I literally grew up with lobster traps in my parents' backyard because I live on the water. So I have very high expectations when it comes to good quality seafood. And I love you, Jersey City, but I got to be honest, the seafood is not up to snuff. So I kind of gave up on cooking seafood for a while, but now with ButcherBox, I'm back in the game. With ButcherBox, the quality is just chef's kiss, delicious, 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. They know what's up. And the best part? Unbeatable value. Less than $6 per meal on average. High quality and affordable and convenient. Every month, ButcherBox ships a curated selection of high-quality meat right to my house and free shipping for the continental U.S. Now, also, you can customize your own box or go with one of theirs. I recommend going with one of theirs to start because you might be introduced to something that you didn't even know you were going to love because their stuff is so good. But either way, customize or don't, you're going to get exactly what you want and what you need. I have to say, I adore their chicken. It's so good. And I have this recipe that's really, really simple, but it requires like really good chicken breast. If you don't have good chicken breast, you don't even, don't even bother. But if you do, if you've got your bunch of box, I like to take a little bit of salt, pepper, paprika, and oregano. You just like sprinkle it on top, put a little bit of olive oil on it, just a scotch, and then you literally pop it in the oven at 425 for like 40 to 50 minutes. Voila, the most succulent, juicy chicken breast ever and so healthy and so delicious. So get summer sizzling started with this special butcher box deal for my listeners, okay? You get free bacon for life of your membership plus $100 off. Yeah. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash Taylor. Use code bonus 100 and you'll get one pack of free bacon. Who doesn't love bacon in every box for the life of your membership plus $100 off your first order. That's B-U-T-C-H-E-R-B-O-X.com slash T-A-Y-L-O-R and use code B-O-N-U-S-1-0-0 to claim this deal. Again, butcherbox.com slash Taylor and use code bonus 100. 
So I said, because my eyes are such like a, re- a, a source of vulnerability and yes. insecurity, yes. I feel like following a finger ain't going to work for me. So she said, well, I, I can also have you close your eyes and I can tap on your knees. I said, so let's do that. And I loved that way of doing it. I think I would, I don't, I think it would take it much longer because I would have been so distracted with the eye stuff. Anyway. Yes. Um, so then she starts tapping on the knees and what happens is... <laughs> It's interesting. It's a lot of hard work, I will say. Um, like, I really, I'm, I'm not trying to be funny. Like, it's like when you're having a hard time getting an orgasm, but like, you know, you got to like try to get there. Yes. It's like that. <laughs> does that make sense? It does. I love it. I love the, I love this sexual, uh, you know, analogy like, coming from you. It's this. a big, I can do this. This is evolution, this is, Taylor, that this is the analogy for you as well. But yes. But you know, no. but you know when you're like, you're, you're like with the orgasm, you're like, I want this. I can do this. This yes. feels good. We got to go here. But it's like, oh, but it's so exhausting. Yeah. Should I just quit? Should I just pretend? You can't pretend. (laughs) Your partner will be betrayed. It's like I was very aware of like how, like it was just hard, but like doable. I can't really explain it. No, I get it. I felt like it was, it was, I can only equate it to, you know, when you're trying to have an orgasm and you're you're frustrated and you keep like slipping out of it. Yes. But you're like, I'm going to do this. So... Um, basically I was closing my eyes and at first she was like, go back to the scene. The day that you got that first email, go there. And I was struggling and like, I was at my office at Sirius. So I tried to put myself back there, but I was like, I got no, nothing. And so it was almost like, you know, when you close your eyes for a long time, you have to see like spots of light or like, or like rings of light or whatever. So at first I was really fixated on the visual of it, but I was like, that's not making sense. It's like, what am I in outer space? What was I traumatized? Like, you know, right. Like in the universe somewhere <laughs> this is insane and so I was really focusing on that and I was getting frustrated and then my therapist was like let's really like yes visuals but like also how do you feel and I was like oh well my stomach is like queasy and I have like a pit in my stomach and I kind of have a headache she's like focus on those things yeah so as I started to focus on like the physicality of where I was yes. that's when everything started to really click yes and I was like oh shit and then she would have me like the more I would feel like the pit in my stomach the more it would like spread through my body the more it would like rush to my head the more I would feel like I like I was having physiological responses yes. to hearing the story and processing my feelings and that first session I like truly I felt it so physically I was at like a 10 and then I just like burst into tears and I was like crying and I remember feeling embarrassed I was crying ashamed I was crying ridiculous for crying but like I could feel that like I needed to release it like I was I had to get it out of my body like I was like sobbing like I mean really really like couldn't catch my breath crying so apparently that was a good thing because it's kind of like a release of that emotion right you have to release it and then um and I and then after that first session I mean I was I was exhausted I was like I my therapist said like you can absolutely drive yourself home but I have to say I'm really happy I had Tay there to drive me home because I don't think I would have been great driving home I would have been able to but like I was out of it I was just like so physically drained I, I I've never felt anything like it before you know it's amazing Taylor just to stop you right there because I think what's interesting about what's happening is sometimes our bodies don't heal properly right it's almost getting a wound which was this trauma for you and in order to save yourself from rejection from shame from feeling embarrassed or threatened 
sometimes you get your back up. You're like, game on. Fuck you. I'm in for this. You're mm-hmm. in trouble. And we don't allow the trauma to process and it doesn't heal properly. So the object mm-hmm. of this is to reprocess and repair what has been traumatic for you and to go back through it and to let yourself feel the emotions and finally have a release so that you don't affiliate those negative feelings anymore. You're, you're reprocessing the way that you deal with this and it's becoming, you're, you're going to associate it now with emotions that are more easy for you to cope with and those that are, aren't at the pit of your stomach that rip you apart, that make you cry hysterically because you have now gone through the healing and your body's going to exactly. properly heal. It's almost like an open wound that now you finally are treating. <clears throat> you know what I mean? And I realized that when I was in it, I never really cried a lot about it. Correct. I thought a lot about it. Yep. I got, you know, I talked a lot of shit about it. Yes. But like, I never really let myself like cry. I never really, you know, admitted that I was hurt because of meaning I was hurt. Like, I don't know, somehow was embarrassing to me. Yes. But it was so obvious I was hurt because I couldn't get the fuck over it. Yeah, so it's like- who's the foolish one me for like hanging on to this for so long when I could have just goddamn release it and I'm not scared of emotion I'm not scared of being vulnerable I'm not scared of crying but for whatever reason I really didn't fully do it and I didn't even no. realize that until after the fact until in this EM uh, EMDR scenario because so, Taylor what underlies all of this right is really a, feel, a, a profound sense of being hurt okay totally. and we don't want to be there None of us want to be there. It makes us vulnerable. And so we we cover up that hurt with other emotions, anger, aggression, hostility, talking shit, being the tough girl. And at the end of the day, you ultimately were really hurt and you weren't yeah. protected by the other tomatoes either. So there was a right. betrayal involved in this as well. So, you know what's really interesting was in that dream that I just told you about, the one that I felt very threatened and everything in my current life was being threatened by yes. tomato in the dream before this great session, there was also, because I, I had to describe all the feelings I felt, and there was also a feeling of hope that I had that Tomato even still would, like, accept me. Yep. Which is so crazy. No, it isn't. so far removed from it. But, like, yep. and, and that stuck with me because I was like, damn, even amongst all that hurt and all that anger, yep. there's still, like, a desire to be accepted. accepted. Yep. And I was, and I was so happy I was aware enough to, like, um, receive that information because I think it was really helpful and what it really made me get down to was like it's it's I was really deeply hurt and I and I really just like wanted to be liked and wanted to be like loved and liked and loved of course and it was just such a stark rejection anyway so the point though is is that we did the session it was amazing and then that night I had such an intense dream completely opposite anytime I've ever dreamed about tomato or the tomato patch I'm threatened um I'm shameful I'm like I'm naked you know like yeah I'm like trying Uh to hide from the tomato patch the whole thing and in this dream after that first real EMDR session I was on the tomato patches turf with all the tomato patches people and I was like I had never felt this way in any dreams about this scenario before. I felt like I don't want to be here. I want to get out of here, but not like, cause I'm uncomfortable just cause I was like done. You're not, this isn't, I was yep. literally done and I wasn't intimidated at all. I actually felt like I was giving out help. Holy like, shit. It's crazy. I was, I was trying to be like, are you okay? Like, do you need help with this? And there was a, there was a part of me in the dream where I was like, something really traumatic happened to said peoples and I in my mind I thought I need to help them but then I thought well wait a second am I gonna are they gonna ha- somehow try to blame this on me and I'm gonna get in trouble for it but then in the dream it was like no I'm gonna go ahead and help because it's the right thing to do and when I did it 
usually would ricochet around and it would like, you know, be the demise of me, but it wasn't. It was just very like, there was a lot of closure. That's amazing to me after one session, honestly. Isn't it amazing? I I think think I've been, I've been dealing with this for so long and I'm so ready to be done. Yep. And don't forget, I mean, like my whole life is talking about my feelings and being vulnerable and processing. Like my, I have talk therapy and I also like am talk therapy every day for myself. So I think that I have kind of, I don't know, I I was just at my wit's end. I was at my last rope. Like I was like, this has to work. I was so motivated to make it work. I think that that's probably why. But I think think what's so interesting, Tay, you know, whether it's eye movements or tapping, it almost doesn't matter. It's just this whole uh, like idea of reprocessing and repairing what is a cognitive sort of dysfunction, right? It's a cognitive dysfunction because given my situation with my emergency landing, depending on what vantage point you're in, depending on how you process the same event, it's traumatizing to one person and not to another. And every time you've thought of this over the last decade, it's like ingrained that dysfunction function in your brain so it's built it up into this giant green monster really Mm -hmm. you know I used to read my kids a book when they were little Taylor it was called the big green monster and every time you would turn the page it would build this monster up okay so Mm -hmm. it would say the big green monster has googly eyes the big green monster has a red a red mouth it has sharp teeth and then you get to the middle of the book and it's this scary looking monster it's for toddlers and then the next page it starts to disappear Tay the monster you take away it's googly eyes you take away it's big, you know, sharp teeth in its mouth. And then it comes down to nothing. It's just a bunch of shapes. This is exactly what EMDR is. It is reprocessing the understanding of what your big green monster is, which was the tomato. But ultimately it's your pieces together in your brain sustaining it. That's what I realized. So we, so we had a great first session, had an incredible dream, went back, told her the dream. And I could tell my therapist like, it's working. It's working. That second session, so we've had the, the intro session, now the first session. Now this is the second session. So I guess I only did four. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the third session, it was kind of, eh. The, I knew my dream was great, so that made me feel good. But right. I kind of was just like struggling to like feel really anything. Well, yeah. And that's what my, and I was like, maybe that's good though. Like I'm numb, I'm indifferent. And my therapist was like, mm. I just really don't think you're quite there. You got to come back for one more. And I was like, fuck, you know, okay, fine. And so um, we went back and um, it was really, I started to be like, okay, wow. And and also don't forget you're processing in between sessions. Yeah. So like, you're also like doing mental checks with yourselves and you know, in Mean Girls when it's like, I I wanted people to bring up Regina George to me so I could like talk about her. But like I could tell people were getting bored of me, but like like anything so that somebody else would like bring her up so that like I could then be like, hey, you wanna know what else about Regina George? Like that is that is my personality trait. Like that is me in a nutshell. Right. That is my brand with with tomato. I love it. And um tomato would come up because like I was at home with my parents and tomatoes tend to come up with my parents. And I would be like just exhausted. Yeah. Like I was like honestly, like very like um ugh. Like physically tired, like a girl needs a nap when you bring up tomato. Like I right. can't even, and bring up tomato before it used to um, excite me. And I would want to, like yeah, it was an adrenaline like rush. Like, it was an adrenaline rush. rush. It was like a high and like I wanted to talk about it and talk it through and talk it in circles and talk, 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 talk. And <laughs> for the first time in my life, I was like, them like literally I'm exhausted from the whole thing. That's what I want to say to her. Like yes. I'm exhausted. And so I'd be like, can we not? Or like my mom would be like, so what happened in EMDR? And I was like, well, and as I would even start to tell her, I was like, 
oh, I just want to take a little nappy nap. Like, it was unbelievable. Like, my body was just kind of like, no, that's exhausting. We don't want to do it. Yes. And I haven't felt that in so long. And so when I went for the, I believe it was either the fourth or fifth, whatever, it was the last session. When I told my therapist that, she was like, great. And so we worked through some more things. And then, like, you do this, like, almost like, um... You seal it. Like, so now that you're in this, like, kind of place of indifference or, you know, you're kind of, like, over it. Yeah. Like, here are the words I'm going to... It's really hard, guys, because it's, like, a lot of emotional stuff. But here's what I'll say. Like, I went from being, like, I feel threatened. I feel disappointed. I don't have trust. Like, you know, I feel helpless. Like, these are, like, really strong words. Yeah. So I went from that in the first session... And even in the second session to like then at the end being like, I feel ridiculous. Yep. Like, do you know what I mean? And like the first session I felt shame and rejection. Yes. But this wasn't, I wasn't ashamed. I was like, I, I almost, I felt silly and embarrassed and like a little ridiculous like that. I had felt so intently and deeply about yes. it for so long. Yes. Because it, by session four, I was like. What my therapist said, flick. I was like, flick. Yep. I'm done. Yep. I'm over it. It's amazing. And amazing. And it, it was really incredible. And I have to say, too, like, even since then, like, it's also permeated through every facet of my life. Like, I really also realized that this trauma and this PTSD and this tomato, it was trickling down to every avenue of my life. Yep. And what, like, so much power to give something and at the end of the day when I really have to process it and think it through I really have only myself to blame right but you know what and I recognize a- that amazing it's so amazing to me and I you know what I can liken this what's very interesting about EMDR and other modalities of cognitive behavioral therapy and different types of therapy in the field of psychology is that we sort of get to one place where we can recognize whether it's OCD, whether it's panic, whether it's generalized anxiety, whether it's, you know, a healing from a trauma, you can get to that place that you just described and you're really on your way to total healing. And I can liken this from, you know, I went through like desensitization because I had a huge fear of flying, right? And it came down to feeling a sense of claustrophobia. And when I went to a cognitive behavioral therapist at while I was healing Tay, we went to Disney World. You know the story, but I'm just going to tell it. I was in yeah. the, I, we were at Universal and we were at, waiting for the Harry Potter ride, which was a clusterfuck for a claustrophobic, okay? Like we were winding yes. through the Harry Harry Potter like castle in in like Universal and it was like wall to wall people it normally would throw me into a huge panic attack and I remember I was healing just like you are and I looked in front of me and I looked behind me and it was people 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 I normally would panic I looked up and there was a huge like a ceiling and I looked at there was a a way to get out right there was an exit line Mm -hmm. or an exit path and I said I feel ridiculous that I have wasted so much of my life being so claustrophobic that I can just step out of the line and walk the fuck out and look at all the time I wasted like my brain fucked me over and that and I knew that I was done Taylor I knew that I wasn't going to feel claustrophobic again in the same way. Yes. Yep. That's when I knew when I was like, I feel ridiculous. I was like, that's it. I'm done because I've like, I've let go of the power of it. Correct. And, Correct. and it's your brain. It's your thought. And it comes back to exactly what I said when we started this was the power that we give our thoughts that are not facts, but we subscribe right. to them so wholeheartedly and hold on to them so tightly that they become our belief system. And it's right. ingrained in a decade, Taylor. And the same thing for me, I wouldn't get into a situation where I felt claustrophobic. 
Right. Right. So anyway, it was um, it was incredible. And I remember thinking, you know, man, I wish I'd done this so much earlier. Yep. Like I was I was almost I look at my therapist. I'm like, why do we do this earlier? Yep. And she was like, well, I didn't really understand. You weren't really communicating to me how much it was really affecting you. And I was like, OK, touche. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Because you like, didn't fully understand it either. Taylor. I did thought that working through this psychoanalyzing it, talking it through, talking it through, talking it through. Flick. Flick is not easy, by the way. It's almost like no. me saying to you, Taylor, there's a gorilla in the corner wearing a purple sweatshirt. Now, don't think about the gorilla. Just flick it right. away. All right. you think about is the gorilla every time right. you flick it it's going to fly back in your face until you go through and reprocess it which is exactly what you did so the whole thing brought you to this moment and whether it yes. was emdr or whether it was some other modality of therapy you got to where you need to be and now you're going to continue to work on it but you're going to see yes. it and process it and feel it and and right. experience it in a totally different way and listen, I don't want to call Tomato on the phone and become besties you and braid each other's to. fucking hair. You don't need to no. ever speak to Tomato again. It doesn't matter. Ever. It's the way you, it wasn't your interaction with her. It was the way you processed it. Exactly. Correct. So it really is, um, it's, it's the, it, EMDR is so incredible. I cannot recommend it enough. Like it really, it made me feel a little sad that I've wasted, wasted so, so much, much time. time. But then I also am really happy that, I've decided to not waste any more time Correct. on it. And so it works. And it works. I am done talking about tomato. I'm done thinking about tomato. I'm I'm like, I'm done. You know, yeah. like, I'm just, like, my body doesn't even want to go back there, which is so foreign to me, but foreign in the best way possible because it lets me know that, like, I've healed. Yeah, and, it's amazing. Um, so if you guys are listening and you are going through a trauma um, of any kind, right? Really, yes. because it... What's it's, not it's, a trauma to somebody could be a trauma to you. And hundred percent. That's right. Trauma shaming is the moral of this story. And it's not the trauma Olympics either. You know, you don't it win an award if your trauma is bigger than someone else's. It's the way we process but things. If it was the trauma Olympics, mine would be curling. <laughs> <laughs> I think I get bobsledding for my emergency landing. No, I give you, I give you ribbon luge. dancing. The luge. No, <laughs> fuck that. No way. Synchronized swimming, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> fucking love you so um i highly recommend and it seems like a lot of therapists are well versed in it trained in it um so if you have um a therapist you should definitely bring um, it up just bring it up oh, yeah, it could just be a discussion you can really like they'll give you paperwork and you kind of go through and you can like, find if someone if your therapist doesn't do it and you feel like this modality would be helpful Exactly. But people, you know, at the end of the day, Taylor, at the end of this taste of Taylor, I think it's important for us to say that we shouldn't live with unhealed trauma. Okay. No matter Mm -hmm. what it is, people should not suffer in silence. If you feel triggered by something that's getting in the way of your daily functioning, seek help for it. It can be AMDR. It could be cognitive behavioral therapy. It can be, you know, systemic desensitization, which is what I did. Got thrown into every enclosed space all over Connecticut, including elevators that look like, like a silence of the lambs. I mean, I mean. (laughs) fucked up stuff but but there are there's treatment out there and we should not suffer in silence and taylor had suffered from this for way too long thank thank goodness tay that you are on the road for healing and and you're not going to go back to that that acute raw place again ever no bless and believe yes can i get an amen amen Amen. Dr. Ryder, I'm obsessed with you. Thank you for <laughs> explaining this to all of us because it is tricky. And also thank you for just being fucking hilarious. I love you. Now I love you back, Ty.
And you guys, Dr. Water, she's on uh, the Taylor Shucker Show every single Wednesday. So check her out. And uh, if you don't already subscribe, subscribe at patreon.com slash Taylor Shucker Show. And of course, you must follow Dr. Wider on Instagram. That's the number one thing. Even before Patreon. Fuck Patreon. Dr. Wider, go <laughs> follow her right now on Instagram at Dr. Wider, D-R-W-I-D-E-R. She, I love your Instagram. Dr. Wider is... An artiste, I would say, <laughs> when it comes to Photoshop. And she's always, you're just hilarious and I love you. Thanks, so you guys, Ty, it's mutual. Go support Wider, follow her Instagram. She's like, she's one of the best people on the planet, for real. So oh, I love you. I love Ty. you. I'm really lucky to have you in my life, Wider. I feel the same way. Seriously, this is such an important topic. I think it's going to resonate with a lot of people. I do. I hope so. So. Yeah. Anyway, guys, that is it for us this week. Dr. Wetter, again, thank you. I love you to bits and pieces. Love you, And, uh, yeah, guys, that is it. Uh, Don't forget what I always say. Rate, review, and subscribe, please, and thank you. And until next week, bye, girl, bye.